politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight the issues that matter in the way they matter at the time they matter. If that's what you're hoping, you would think it would be a pretty easy thing to do. But we are the only truly independent conservative source of news and views that focus on exactly that here at CR Podcast. Brand new week here, Monday, March 6th. And it's really like we're frozen in time. It's like nothing that happens ever moves the ball forward. Because if you refuse to understand what's in front of you, well, you're obviously not going to attempt to achieve the right policy response headed forward. Often you'll go backwards, focus on the wrong things, get distracted. I used to always wonder what it was like to live in the old days when it took days for news to travel. Well, now we've gone back to the Stone Ages. Here we are, a full five weeks, or four weeks, a full month, into the worst natural disaster chemical spill we ever had in this country. And it's like, we see them getting sick before our eyes. We see the water polluted there. You know the air is polluted because they're feeling problems from it. And to this day, even the people that say, oh, well, finally we're focused on it, or you know, we should have focused on this, they're focusing on rail safety. We, we mentioned this last week, this stupid rail safety bill. What about getting them out of town and then having the right tests in place to understand how far did this go in the air, soil, food, and water? Just like with COVID. This is rapidly becoming the new vaccine where you just see, see the death right in front of you. And we kind of talk about it. <laughs> But the policies do not change and do not get updated. So we're going to have on someone who went straight there to the site. Uh, A very special guest today to discuss what is going on and how absurd it is that to this day, Republicans aren't demanding that they get moved out, that FEMA doesn't spend the money. And what that exactly means for the country we live in and the motivations behind it. More and more, it's becoming clear this thing was blown up on purpose. Whether it was derailed or not on purpose, we'll see. But it was blown up on purpose, and there's no sane person who could think it was okay to evacuate such a small area and then have them come back to this very day. I want to get back to that a little bit later. Our first sponsor today, Time to Feel Young Again. With so much death and destruction, chemically poisoning us, poisoning our water, food, and bodies, how about finding a product that extends your lifespan, makes you feel younger, and improves your immune system? Youth Switch. Great new product. If you go to youthswitchmd.com slash conservative, it lengthens your telomeres. They, It's a part of your chromosomes that get um, distorted over time. They shrink as you age, and that's why your immune system goes down the tubes, and that's why you age. Well... By lengthening those telomeres, guess what? You are on your way to having more youth and vigor in your old age. Uh, It's all natural, doctor approved, manufactured right here in the US of A. Youth Switch contains a potent blend of adaptogens that promote healthier telomeres, longer lifespans, 
and boosts your energy and immune system. But if you go today to youthswitchmd.com slash conservative, that's youthswitchmd.com slash conservative, you'll not only get a risk-free trial of YouthSwitch, but you could receive a free bottle of Ageless Brain, which is a bonus product that helps improve your focus, memory, and mood. Also, four bonus eBooks to boost every aspect of your health and longevity. Learn out-of-the-box uh, true ways to improve your health that's not talked about by the pharmaceutical cartel. So again, that's youthswitchmd.com slash conservative. So folks, before we get back to East, East Palestine, but, but kind of connected to it, where we just don't focus on on issues. We don't focus on what exactly is happening and what exactly needs to come come out. <clears throat> we focus on politics as an end to itself. So CPAC is the ultimate distraction where everyone goes and gets together and cheers. The truth is no one shows up anymore for good reason. Um, it went from like 13,000 to, to 2,000 or something in attendance. But anyway... I don't know if you guys saw this, but there was an amazing new candidate running for president there. I mean, this is really big news, and he has a very unique message, very unique style of delivery. And I, I mean, I don't know if you heard his name, um, but if you didn't catch his speech on Saturday, I'm just going to read to you a little bit from it. We will get rid of ugly buildings and return to the classical style Western civilization. Very important. I mean, a lot of people have noticed that everything has gone to hell. Um, we've regressed in our style of beauty, our quality of construction. Really good points he made. And then he said, I am your warrior. I am your justice. And for those who have been wronged and betrayed, I am your retribution. I will totally obliterate the deep state. That sounds pretty forceful. I mean, we, we could use that. We've been demanding justice, retribution for everything that has been taken from us. In fact, Steve and I have written the book, Rise of the Fourth Reich, calling for a new Nuremberg trial just for that. Well, in case you don't realize what I'm talking about, I'm talking about Donald J. Trump. <clears throat> the way people are fawning over his speech, it's literally as if this guy never existed, much less served as president for four freaking years, and not just any four years, but the four years of the Great Reset and the rise of the Fourth Reich. The worst genocide, the worst tyranny that was ever perpetrated in this country's history was done on his watch with him cheering it on, by the way, cheering on the lockdowns, criticizing Sweden and, and Georgia and Florida for, for reopening, pimping the shots this very day. What is he going to be there justice and retribution for? To this day, he thinks nothing's wrong. He's proud of it. The deep state? What about the shallow state? By the way, folks, if you Google Trump political appointees, you'll find a Wikipedia page with a list of his appointees. I want you to look at the, them and count how many are MAGA people that broadly support what he purports to support. You could count on one hand. He talks about the deep state, but what, what I talked about during his presidency, if you remember, I coined the term the shallow state. You can't drain the deep state if your own new appointees are like Christopher Ray, Tillerson, Mattis, Kelly, every freaking one of them. 
Fauci and Burks were from him. They were elevated to the positions they were in. And it wasn't just a mistake for a few weeks. It was month after month. We begged him to stop. It's like surreal. And I watch people. That was an amazing speech. Like, I've almost never disagreed with a single speech he's given in eight years. But what about the actions? It's like this is the same man that will literally get up there on the same day he signs a law to let out the gangbangers from prison. He's like, drug traffickers need to get the death penalty. Wait, what? I mean, do we only want to be entertained? Is this what it's all about? I guess things haven't gotten bad enough. Because when things aren't bad enough in your life, then you're fun just getting entertained. You like politics as an end to itself. I'm here for the show. I love his speeches. I mean, is this guy going to be able to go on for the next 20 years doing the same thing? And God bless him, he has a lot of energy. Looks like he'll live long. 20 years, just literally saying he's going to do the things that not only did he fail to do, but he appointed the, the policies and personnel of his administration. And by the way, it's not just that COVID's the most important thing because it's medical freedom and it's the great reset and it headed forward. You have the whole vaccine agenda and Moderna's building all these mRNA plants that they're going to foist on us and he has no problem with it. We could talk about that. But the reality is, even before COVID, almost every issue he failed on, we had the greatest border invasion told Biden precisely under his administration. We had fewer deportations than under Obama for all the talk. This is what he does. And everyone's like, that's amazing. Who else could talk like that? Are you kidding me? Does nothing that this guy does matter? I'm your justice. I'm your retribution. I'll totally obliterate the deep state. He appointed Christopher Ray, and not just like the first few weeks where he was scrambling for personnel. This is much later. There's almost not a single cabinet member. I mean, Steven Mnuchin, he was the bi- biggest globalist around. Trump talks about globalists and neocons. That's all he appointed. To this day, he hangs out with Lindsey Graham, and Lindsey is his, his guardsman for political endorsements. I, I, don't, I don't understand it. Are we that stupid? But a lot of my colleagues are out there just fawning over him. At least demand something from him. Talk is cheap, but is this what we're going to do for the next year? Just pretend like his presidency never existed and that everything he says he's going to do, he actually did the opposite. It's literally as if he never existed, as if, he, as if this is 2015 and he's just coming on the scene. And again, it would be one thing if he, if he surrounded himself with amazingly serious people committed to our agenda, but he hasn't. Nothing has changed. He talks about the Cokes. To this day, Brooke Rollins runs his think tank. She was the original pro-criminal open borders Coke think tank person. He, he, he talked about Antifa and BLM. He literally, under his stewardship, we had the worst riots go on for a month before he did anything. 
And New York Times had an article that Brooke Rollins and Jerome Smith, because they, they felt, oh, it would turn off black voters if we bring in the National Guard. By the way, it's a new line of attack against DeSantis. Trumpers, I'm seeing this online, they're saying, DeSantis is not good to blacks. He doesn't reach out to them enough. Classic left-wing argument. Yeah, because he doesn't pander with de-incarceration and that nonsense. But it's just so weird. Like, he was so weak. It's all obscure because of his rhetoric. But in action, even H.W. Bush, who's the consummate globalist, he didn't tolerate the, the L.A. riots at all. You should hear the speeches from him. Usually there's like one, two days the riots get out of control historically, and then they clamp down. Here it went on and on and on and on. I could talk about Pensacola terrorist attack, how he doubled down on Saudi trainees and refused to allow, in contravention to his campaign promise, allow people to carry, soldiers to carry on bases after that. I mean, I could go on and on. I guess we're going to have to relitigate that, but we will. I have no problem with that. No problem whatsoever. Now, folks, as I raise your blood pressure, sometimes it's better just to chill out, listen to music, or listen to the audiobook of Rise of the Fourth Reich. Quality uh, wireless earbuds that actually fit your ears and don't have that crackling sound and um, give you all the bells and whistles, the noise isolation, um, the custom gel tips for a perfect fit, they cost a lot of money, not Raycon. Raycon is a premium audio brand at the perfect price point. Um, so you could unplug, get away from some of that screen time. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 the price is so good. It's really half the price of other uh, premium audio brands. It would make a great gift for, for your friend as well, friend, family. So uh, you don't have to choose between products. You can get one, one of each. One of each of their products Um and get a pair, get a spare, and still pay less than other brands. I love my uh, Raycon earbuds because they they fit in my ear because nothing seems to fit. They have an awareness mode, so when you're walking outside, you don't get knocked out by uh, um, people Trump let, let out of prison. And uh, they have earbud tap functions as well, three customizable sound profiles. So it's got all the bells and whistles without the bells and whistles price 11 hours of playtime so if you're ready to buy something small with a big impact go to buyraycon.com slash conservative today to get 15 percent off your raycon order that's b-u-y raycon.com slash conservative to score 15 percent off buyraycon.com slash conservative um i just want did want to say one more thing and, and we're going to develop this throughout there's a lot to say about trump and his history uh but one thing i do want to say a lot of Trump supporters are treating COVID as if it's like something that's happened March 16, 2020. Like, yeah, it just happened for a week. Yeah, you know, uh, Trump, uh, yeah, I wish he wouldn't have done it. But you know what? Dissent is also, you know, at some point gave a speech and said to social distance. Like, well, yeah, no one didn't at that moment. But it's not about what happened March 16th. It's about every day from there to now and right now and the future. So one example is this. Anyone with a half a brain would agree one of the most important legislation. You know, most of this we can do at a state level. And we're still pushing it at a state level. We're still fighting for it. 
I'm going to try to come up this week with a, give you guys a list of the top bills out there, um, you know, on medical freedom to prevent this from happening again. But at a federal level, the most important thing is to repeal the vaccine indemnity, that's the 1986 bill, and the broad PrEP Act. Okay, that's what indemnifies not just the vaccines, but Paxlovid and Remdesivir, the testing, everything they did, they can get away with. Do you think Trump is going to be a force for good with that? Do you think Trump is going to drive this narrative that the pharmaceutical companies need to not be exempt from liability? No, he's not going to want to talk about it. He'll say, I oppose mandates. Okay, I'm not going to mandate on you. And done. He's not going to want to talk about it anymore. How could you have a man like that going forward? Where See, even I thought Trump was inches way back. All right, fine. But he hasn't. He's doubled and tripled down on this. It's so much a part of his legacy, which is stupid. It doesn't have to be, but he made it a part of it, that he will never, ever do the right thing on it. This is not about what happened in the past as much as about what's going to happen in the future. I mean, you you have this... Do you think they built this... I mean, our government gave these companies $30 billion. Do you think they built this empire just to walk off quietly in the sunset? Are you kidding me? This is from the UK Daily Mail. A new manufacturing base will be built in Oxfordshire to provide a new flu, COVID, and respiratory virus jabs. Moderna will build this innovation and technology center to provide the UK public with access to mRNA vaccines for a wide range of respiratory diseases. Wide range. They were building this for a decade, and they had it. They used COVID, and not just used it, but induced it, to break into the market. Fauci himself is on record saying that. Now you think, what, they're just going to walk away from those products? So that's the issue. They're trying to make it seem like, yeah, you know, it's in the past. It wasn't so good. But, you know, at least he opposed mandates and whatever. No. He loves Big Pharma. And he will never be a force for this. The whole, one of the big purposes, see, right now they only have the House. One of the big purposes of winning the next federal election, you'd say, is to repeal the PrEP Act. He will not do that. He will fight against it. He will fight against it. But I guess it wasn't bad enough. I guess people aren't bothered by what we went through. We could just look forward to the next presidential election, razzle-dazzle, speeches, debate over who has more crowds and how many people he has at his events. We're just going to do it all over. Again, you only have the luxury to focus on the soap opera of politics as an end to itself if it's not bad enough for you. You know, I could do that. My career took off with COVID. I was able to work from home. I never had to wear a mask. I didn't have a vaccine mandate on me. I had access to the best doctors. So my family had great treatment for COVID. My wife, myself, my kids, COVID barely did anything to us. I'm fine. Yeah, I could I could be fine with it. But how do you look away from the millions who died from the lack of treatment, from the gain of function, from remdesivir, from the shots, the experience of people during the lockdowns and the masking, what it did to a generation of children, 
we just walk away from that? Truly disgusting. But that's what we do now. We're inundated with so much material and political porn and news heroin that just dulls our senses that you could have in front of you the worst biomedical genocide ever, the worst chemical spill ever. And then, like, nothing makes sense. Literally, nothing they do to this day makes sense. Oh, yeah, you know, we kind of shafted those residents. It's not in the past. Just like with COVID, it's still going on. Every day that they're exposed to these chemicals is, is more of a problem. It's a cumulative effect. Get them out. But policies never follow. Never follow. Nothing ever changes. All our people care about is, uh, is the soap opera. And meanwhile, you know, Trump, it was funny, Trump said something like, I'm paraphrasing here in his speech at CPAC, you know, we're never going back to those dirtbags, that Paul Ryan globalist neocon party. And I was laughing, never going back to it. Dude, in almost every state, every major GOP player is that. Every GOP governor, except for your opponent DeSantis, and often thanks to your endorsements, is a globalist, neocon, global warming, COVID fascist, big government, Medicaid-supporting piece of garbage. Almost every speaker and majority leader in every legislative body. Almost every United States senator. Two-thirds to three-quarters of the U.S. House members are like that. And that's because you had your chance. You have not led. You could have drained it. You refilled it. You doubled it. We failed worse on primaries during his presidency and prominence as party leader and movement leader more than ever before. People like Mike Rogers, who he endorsed for re-election, he's the chairman of the House Armed Services Committee. His idea of oversight for Ukraine, I saw a clip from him. I was like, oh, wow, he's finally going to do oversight. And then I listened to him, and he's bashing Biden for worrying too much about escalation, which emboldens Putin. We got to do what it takes to achieve victory. So he's criticizing Biden's whatever it is, $113 billion, and giving all of our military assets at a time that everyone admits we have a shortage is. He admit, he, he's saying that that's not enough. So what, this notion that we're never going back to that, we've never gotten out of it. This is the whole thing. It's all like they're living in this world. Trump has saved us. Trump has remade our country. Make America grow. What are you talking about? You can't fix something that you refuse to recognize what's in front of you. It's just so bizarre. So, so bizarre. So there's a lot more to talk about that, and we're going to develop this throughout this just whole Trump distraction but I want to get to our guest. Our guest is sponsored today by ExpressVPN, um, very appropriately, because our guest was one of the first to blow the whistle on how masking doesn't work. But uh, here's a mask that does work. If you block your IP, your your um, your IP address on your computer, government can no longer clamp down on you. There's a lot of talk now with you know the infrastructure bill that, by the way, Mitch McConnell helped pass. It has a kill switch safety device. 
basically they want to monitor and control your car. But I have news for you. Most people spend much more time on their computer than in their car. They're already monitoring you. It's time to put a mask on your computer. ExpressVPN uh, on my computer. It's on all my devices, uh, iPhone, uh, laptop, desktop. When you use ExpressVPN, your computer is secure. It's encrypted. Um, and they can't spy on you, sell your info, monitor what you do, monitor your searches. Uh, unlike the kill switch the government wants to put in your car's ExpressVPN, they have their own kill switch that actually protects you. If your VPN connection ever drops, network data is immediately stopped. So there's never a time where there's a sewer pipe flowing in where they could uh, um, spy on you. Stop letting government spy on you. Um, it's literally like, you know, walking into East Palestine without PPE. That's what it is, using a computer without ExpressVPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash conservative to get an extra three months off. That's expressvpn.com slash conservative. Um, a special offer only to my listeners. Again, three months off with expressvpn.com slash conservative. So, folks, you know, last week or actually two weeks ago, I had on uh, Kristen Megan, who... It's, it's so unbelievable how life just melds together. Um, she was one of the first to really help us out long before people covered the masking issue of how absurd it was to make COVID a hazardous exposure dynamic and then somehow uh, believe that, that, that you know this stuff could work. And then now we are together where the same people are leading the fight we have uh, we had Stephen Petty, who's a senior industrial hygienist. He um, is actually down there doing testing. And then there's the other half of the Kristen-Tammy duo is Tammy Clark. And it's been way too long. So I want to bring Tammy back today. And just for a brief intro, uh, Tammy and Kristen, I and mean, Tammy's also industrial hygienist, hazardous exposure expert. They were down there in East Palestine. And the more I look at what's happening... It really is a COVID dynamic, but just a mirror image in reverse, meaning just like they refuse to recognize the need to treat Vax injury now, now, right now, it's not a three-year-ago issue, this is right now in the future, because if they would, that would retroactively make their entire policy basically a genocide, so you just have to ignore it. Same thing with East Palestine. They continue to refuse to actually induce a little bit of fear which needs to be induced and treat it like a hazardous exposure situation with the proper PPE and testing and cleanup. And that would kind of require while you're cleaning up to freaking get the people right there out. They can't do that because retroactively it's like, well, why were we doing that for three, four weeks? Why do we blow up the whole thing? Why do we blow it up with such a small uh, evacuation zone? Why do we bring them back right away? Oh, and then right when they started smelling uh, the chemicals and got the very symptoms that are labeled or on label for exposure to the chemicals, and then we saw the stuff in the water. Why didn't we move them out then? You think about the billions we've spent on Hurricane Sandy. Like, it was never enough money. This is just a few thousand people. I mean, DeSantis would have had them up in hotels and, you know, outside of. Uh, the area of impact, let's say this would have been in Fort Myers, just like Hurricane Ian, he would have had them all over the state easily. And to this 
day it's not being done. And to add insult to injury to the extent they're holding hearings legislation, it's on the derailment and then like rail safety. Like, wait, what? It's kind of like people are dying of the vaccine now. That needs to be dealt with right now. No, it's unreal what is going on. But anyway, Tammy is with us today. You can follow her at Tammy underscore K underscore Clark. They have a really touching video showing uh, photos from uh, their visit to East Palestine. Hey, Tammy, it's been way too long. Thanks so much for joining us today at Blaze Media. Hi, Daniel. Thanks for having me. It's always great to be with you. So it's it's unbelievable. Who would have thought, you know, when we were trying to tamp down the panic, dude, stop walking around with looking like a bunch of uh, surgeons, you know, like as if the world is, is crazy. <laughs> now it's like we have the worst chemical spill ever with known carcinogens. But then now we wonder if they even told us the truth. Is there's other stuff. It's in the water. It's clearly in the air. They're getting, you know, they're getting sick from it. And it's like even at the cleanup site, they don't even look like it doesn't look like a hazardous exposure situation. Could you talk to us a little bit about what you saw regarding the cleanup? What in your mind? Well, okay. before I shut up, there's one thing I have to get off my chest. The way someone once uh, described the covid vaccines to me, the process through which they did it was like if you're in the profession and you would see what they did, it would be like a heart surgeon turning someone on their back and then starting the surgery from the back. Like, whoa, what? That That's just crazy. From, from, from your professional standpoint, isn't that kind of what's going on? I feel exactly the same way watching all of this. First of all, I, I mean, it's just so the opposite of what the government did through COVID because – they reacted like the world was going to end and we're all going to die over a virus with an infection fatality rate of 0.03%. Now, when we have the worst environmental disaster uh, exposing thousands and thousands of people, potentially hundreds of thousands uh, over the next coming months, now that it's nothing to see here, no big deal, it's perfectly safe, go back to your homes. And I just I, I can't wrap my head around it. It's like, honestly, I just tell people now, if the government tells you something, you need to believe and act on exactly the opposite, because that's the point we've gotten to. It's absolute idiocracy. So I want to start with that safe and effective thing, because, again, it's a similar parallel here where, you know, you see people, you know, right away, people got really sick from these shots and they're like, well, the Pfizer trial says it's, uh, you know, 100 uh, percent safe and effective. And, and now we kind of know where that divide was bridged and, and fabricated. So here they're all saying, well, look, you know, we got in there, we tested, you know, we don't see any issues. Uh, it's all safe. The water's safe, the air's safe. Uh, we'll just continue doing the cleanup of the site and you could go, go on your merry way of life. Um, and, and we'll talk about rail safety. That's pretty much what the government is doing now. Could you explain why the tests are bogus and why you have reason to believe there are problems still lurking around? You know, it's honestly because of the way that they are doing the testing. It's no different than the inappropriate lack of testing that the government did with these vaccines. And I shouldn't even say just the government. We know the government was colluding with Big Pharma. Uh, and that, that's just a whole other rabbit trail that we don't need to go down. But there was a lot of government collusion, uh, the lack of proper testing, uh, deception and fraud, uh, pushing uh, a deceptive narrative and fraudulent information. It's, it's exactly the same thing right now with what we're looking at in East Palestine. And I'm really glad that Kristen and I went down there ourselves because we got to see up close and personal for ourselves 
exactly what they're doing, the testing media they're using, the processes that they're using. And so we saw firsthand and from our profession, we, we couldn't believe what we were looking at. We knew what was happening was totally um, erroneous and fraudulent. So could you just describe scientifically why these tests are insufficient and what they're likely not picking up? Yeah, so first of all, they are not doing proper testing, and I'm sure Kristen covered a little bit of this, but it's very important that people understand when the EPA comes in or um, Norfolk Southern's contractors come in and they say, we've done the testing, everything is safe. Well, it's very important to understand that you can test to get any reading that you want if you test inaccurately and improperly and you don't use the proper media. Um, you can also, you're not going to find something that you're not looking for, right? So we know that what we're dealing with here are VOCs. Uh, VOCs are volatile organic compounds that have a very high vapor pressure at room temperature. They quickly evaporate and become gases. Um, so that's, that's a problem because we have, this is what we knew was released into the air with a vinyl chloride. Um, also, we are dealing with dioxins. Now, dioxins are a byproduct. They're created when chlorine-based chemicals burn. So the EPA knew this darn well, and yet it, took, it was 24 days, and it took Governor DeWine to put out an order, a mandate, for Norfolk Southern and the EPA to begin testing for dioxins. So all this time, dioxins, they create a very, very um, dangerous environment, hazardous uh, they're hazardous byproducts that create cancers, neurological diseases and disorders. They're also, they have a synergistic effect with the VOCs. That means they're um, synergistically when these things combine, they target all the same organs. So while you may have a small exposure from one chemical that may not be, you know, real detrimental, may not cause cancer or disease or something like that. When you combine these multiple chemicals that have been created together, there's a synergistic effect on the body. And we know this, the EPA knows this, and yet they did not do testing for this until they were forced to. And it took 24 days after this burn for them to even begin doing that testing. So they've only just begun testing for dioxins, which was probably the most dangerous thing that we were concerned about with direct exposure to all these folks here in the town because they weren't evacuated and they weren't properly sheltered in place. Um, so then when we saw the canisters hanging from the trees when we were there, uh, we saw them using the PID testing, basically, uh, photoionizing detector, not an actual time-weighted eight-hour average sample. So they're, it's basically just capturing a moment in time. Um, a, a small fraction of what might be in the air. Uh, it's not the proper media. It's not done over the proper time. And they're not sampling for the proper things. And so it's not going to tell you, it's not going to give you a specific reading. It's just going to say kind of a presence absence testing, what might be here, what might not be here, what group of chemicals. So they're not looking for the particular thing like the dioxin that we need to know. And we need to know what the PEL or the permissible exposure level is over that eight-hour time-weighted average. And we got to see all of this for ourselves. Um, so it was just absolutely mind-blowing to us that these scientists, these government agencies that have been created uh, to pr intentionally protect the environment and people from exposures, chemical exposures and things like that in the environment, are actually now knowingly causing the greatest harm, creating the greatest hazards. So... You know, we got a lot of footage. We put it together in a video, and there's a lot more that you haven't seen yet. Um, but there are some lawsuits that we're part of, so some of that is is being kept um, intentionally sure. out of the public eye. 
Yeah, because this, this again, it's still going on. It reminds me of like the the Vera stuff. Oh, Vera's doesn't exist. You could debate right. what something may cause a hundred miles away, and that's really what we should be, you know, looking into. But the fact that right. the people that were there for a month now are not in danger is is settled science. Because explain to me, is there a possible way that you could smell the chemicals, feel the effects from them, get the mm-hmm. rashes from them, but it's not a potential danger? No, uh, no. Honestly, if if they are if it was an acute exposure, maybe a one-time exposure, and they developed a rash or a cough, um, that, I don't think that's anything that's going to be long-term concerning, right? Now, there are some chemicals that even just a very small amount could kill you, um, but that's not the case here. If these people had just come into contact, and let me give you a perfect example. When Kristen and I went to town, um, we thought, well, it's, po- it's three weeks plus post-burn and it's been rainy and there's been a lot of heavy weather systems come through. There's no burn continuing to go on. So we did not expect anything to be continuing to be released into the air, knowing what we know about how these chemicals work and the processes that would release them into the air. Um, we did bring protective equipment. We had special boots. We had chemical uh, gloves, or butyl gloves and chemical goggles, but we didn't really think we would need them. We got out uh, right downtown. It's, it's a small town, maybe five or six blocks. One, one main street. We drove right to the McDonald's in the middle of town, went to use the restroom, buy a bottle of water, and we were outside only for about 10 minutes. And we both noticed we had a metallic taste in our mouth and our tongues were kind of tingly and feeling numb. We both noted it very surprised because that should not have been the case. So we thought, okay, so why are we still seeing, you know, seeing the effects of this in the air? Well, we walked just a few blocks and we heard water rushing. And as we looked, we saw the contractors, Norfolk Southern's contractors, Hepico, aerating with giant air hoses, the water in the river that runs right through the middle of the town. Mm. And it was like, oh my gosh, they are continuing to release these vapors by trying to disturb the uh, VOCs, which are, they have a very heavy density. They're, they're heavier than water. So they sink to the bottom and into the sediment in the soil. They're trying to re-aerosolize these VOCs and get them up to the surface where they're trying to trap them with hay bales and booms like a absorbent pad that you would see with an oil spill. Well, I'm sorry, but that's not going to do anything for a VOC. It's totally being done improperly. But what it is doing is it's re-releasing these gases into the air. So they are continuously poisoning the town. And that's why we were feeling this. So when you asked about, you know, an, an acute, you know, maybe you have a rash or a cough one time, is that a problem? No, with what you're dealing with, it's not. Our concern is, like Kristen and I, we had that acute exposure. We only stayed for a few hours and we left. What the problem here is these people are living in this. So we've gone from the acute initial exposure to a long-term chronic exposure. And yes, they're going to start seeing some serious illnesses as a cluster in this town because you can't not. The human body is going to react to this. And that's why Kristen and I started sounding the alarm right away to get these people out of there. I don't understand if if you couldn't handle it for ten minutes, you taste the metallic taste in your mouth. Mm-hmm. How? But you know, what are the residents saying? Yeah. I mean, how are they? They've been there for almost a month. Yeah, and so we talked to a lot of people. We uh, went into a little bakery there, and we talked to a lot of people. Um, the the bakery owner and and the waitresses there, the townspeople were very happy to talk with us. 
a lot of them, um, the main thing that they're seeing in their urgent care centers and their medical offices around their doctor's offices are rashes, coughs, nausea, headache. And the headaches, we, Kristen and I knew the townspeople were going to have severe headaches because anything that ends in E-N-E, like benzenes, toluenes, acrolene, we know, we already know from some of the samples that we have heard from private sampling come back that there is high levels of acrolene. Um, and we know anything that, the chemicals that end in E-N-E, E-N-E will cause headaches. A- so these are the main in the water or air? In the water. Yep. So we know that these are things that are being reported, but this is what what will happen with prolonged exposure is people will become desensitized. So they stop Ooh. feeling those initial effects. But the problem is that doesn't mean the effects are not still happening on the body. Wow. So this is why we're warning people, you know, this that doesn't mean just because you stop tasting the metallic taste in your mouth doesn't mean you're not still being exposed. I mean, why do you think the animals are dying? We had to tell people, don't let your, your pets be outside. They, the animals are dying because they're outside, and so they're exposed continuously. So it is a problem. We are going to see more health effects and more health issues of this, and sadly. Uh, so the only thing that Kristen and I keep telling people is, I know this sounds terrible. I know it sounds hard, and financially some people are not able to, but if you can at all, you really do need to leave until your homes have been professionally decontaminated. Because one of the other problems is, when they were told to shelter in place, they weren't given enough time to get home and they weren't told how to shelter in place. So they didn't know to turn off their furnaces and, and their HVAC systems pulled everything that was outdoors sure. indoors. So now there is chemical residue all over in every home on every surface. And as they walk on the carpets, they're laying in the beds, they're just re-aerosolizing and rebreathing in these chemicals. And these are compounds that will affect the GI tract the kidneys, the liver, respiratory. Uh, we've heard a lot of lot of cases of people coughing up blood, uh, being diagnosed with chemically induced pneumonia, um, and the children in particular are experiencing a lot of rashes and coughs. Yes. So, I mean, yeah. this is so this is unbelievable. Is, to this day, there's no is. petition to just easily move them out. You would you would typically have an emergency supplemental bill. That's what they always <laughs> do. Uh, to just move them out. Instead, it's just this this ridiculous runaround, which I want to get to. But first, I want to yeah. zoom out a little bit. I mean, this is a no-brainer. This is a no-brainer mm-hmm. that even right. if they handled this properly to begin with, which I don't, you know, n- no one thinks they did, while they're cleaning up, you got to get them out. But right. I want to zoom out. There were seeing prima facie symptoms, but then you look in all those waterways that go into the Ohio River, which maybe is about 15 miles south or so, um, you're finding these, uh, you know, rainbows in the water that Mm -hmm. show evidence of chemicals pretty far away. How would we go about verifying that the water basin in that whole Ohio River Valley is safe. Um, you need. We need to do testing, and we we need to use background information. So every county or city or township does have background information, baseline information with uh, on file. Uh, they do regular. The the uh, counties do regular testing of the soils and the waters. They know, for example, is there a natural argyne main or natural gas vein that runs through this area. They know that. Um, this is on file with every county. So then we would need to do testing, follow-up testing, because we know that these VOCs, when they're released into the air, they love moisture. 
and they will attach to moisture molecules. So um, the, the problem that we have is the rain, the jet stream, the snow this time of year is producing a lot of moisture and it's being carried. We've even heard uh, stories of the rainbow sheen and the snow up in Canada. Um, so mm. we know that this is going to affect hundreds, if not thousands oh, of miles man. away, because this stuff, the dioxins do not break down. They can, they can be there for two, three generations. And so we need to be doing specific testing and comparing that with the background or baseline information that every county has on file with their uh, water and soils. It's not a difficult thing to do. In fact, we prepare for this kind of thing. Um, that's why it is absolutely negligent. Um, on the part of the EPA, their response, because uh, we prepare for these types of disasters. We have tabletop exercises. We know exactly what to do when we are responding to emergencies like this. And it's like they completely acted like we don't know what to do. And then they just did something, which was busy work, making it look like, see, everything's fine. Now we have a bigger problem because we have contaminated waterways, and this is going through very rural areas, farmland, where the cattle and the livestock will be drinking the water, will be eating the grass on contaminated soil. And so these dioxins are going to end up being ingested into the animals and the livestock that we eat, especially in the fatty tissues where it likes to be stored. And so because of that, we know it will also be in the dairy. So... This is a very serious problem, and I would tell people who have wells, do not drink the well water. Do not drink your well water. And it will take a few months for this to be settling down into the aquifers that the wells are tapping into, especially, mm. you know, out in the Midwest areas, the Ohio Basin, the Ohio River Basin uh, area where we're feeding, we're watering our crops and feeding our livestock. It will take a few months for this to settle down into the aquifers that our wells are tapped into, but... Um, you know, now what, what just happened in East Palestine with the dam break, now they've got areas of the town like the city parks that are now much more contaminated than they were before. And they're, this whole area where the, where the dam broke and this contaminated water flooded now is reintroduced into this. Um, I don't know if you saw the run, uh, Leslie Run and Sulphur Run Creeks. They're re- recontaminated again now. Um, and, and in Leslie this run area, is the, one of the biggest, uh, you know, streams that goes right into the Ohio River there. Exactly. Yes. And there are five main wells in close proximity with with only 18 feet in depth. So what what needs to be happening is the EPA needs to be doing continuous monitoring because we know some of this stuff is not going to show up in the wells and in the aquifers for a month or two months down the road as it makes its way through the sediment. See, this is COVID all over again in the sense that the more you see malfeasance compounded and compounded over time, the more you know, wait a minute, there's something more going on here. And the more severe it gets, the more they have to cover it up because to Mm -hmm. come clean would be uh, a real indictment of their entire reaction. So they just dig, dig, dig in deeper. You know even if they're doing stuff, you can't trust what they put out about it because they'll lie about it. And then this brings me back to even the beginning of this. So, you know, I I actually haven't spoken to him, but I know you've definitely spoken to Stephen Petty recently. He's he's been there. And, and, And Stephen, you know, I'm seeing here at MRC TV, he's being quoted as saying... From the get-go, because this is what I thought, that ain't a controlled burn. It was an uncontrolled burn. Could you highlight a little bit about what a controlled burn would be and how this clearly didn't seem to be that way? Yeah, and there are some theories and some speculations on that, and I don't want to speculate. He is absolutely right that this was not a controlled burn. 
because we this was an emergency situation in a controlled burn situation you have maybe you know the EPA is uh, requiring remediation or cleanup of some contaminated soils for a, a construction project and then you find some buried barrels with who knows what in it right and so those barrels or the tanks are taken to um, an area where they can be properly punctured and drained and then burned off with capture ventilation and things like that so we protect the environment as much as possible uh, with a given chemical or you know whatever it is that we find that's a controlled burn in this particular situation, they could not move all these train, uh, the tanks. There was 45 different chemicals on this train, and five of them were on fire and had derailed before it even, I mean, were on fire before it even derailed. So there was no way, because of the VOCs, remember I told you that VOCs are chemicals that, they're chemical compounds that have a very high vapor pressure at room temperature. So they, they're very explosive. So if they were watching, the pressure inside those tanks and it was building because of the heat and they knew there would be an explosion, they would have had to do, they would have had to do what they did, which was puncture the tanks, drain the the chemicals down into ditches and burn that off. Because if you had had an explosion, you would have had an outward plume of all these dangerous deadly gases with shrapnel. And it would have blown into the breathing zone of everybody in town and killed hundreds, if not thousands of people. So, now, I can't say that the, t- that the pressure was building inside yeah. these tanks because we have not yet seen that data. We'll have to wait for the after-action report to assess that. But I'm just saying, if, if that was the case, I can see why they did what they did because it was kind of the lesser of... Yeah, but just you know, don't deny what you did. That's the point. Right. We, right. I'm suspicious of their argument, but let's take it. All right, you have to do that. But right. don't call it a controlled burn. And then they exactly. treated the aftermath like that as if, hey, this is totally fine. And that's no where deal. I'm just right. very suspicious here where we're headed. So I, I just want to... Um, yeah. Kind of, you know, because well, we only have a few more minutes here. I want to I wanna transpose this to the next part here. This is obviously an after action of what you saw there on the ground and how yeah. in no way does this reflect best practices in the cleanup and testing, much less the fact that you don't have the right. people in the hazmat well, zone. They're like living normally. Yeah. Schools functioning. Yes, we should not. We should not even be doing remediation or cleanup yet because the testing's not complete. And so this is nothing is being handled properly here. And the problem is the lack of risk communication to the people. Yes, yes. And that's 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 by design, the literally the polar opposite mm-hmm. of COVID. So let's go right. into this this rail bill that J.D. Vance and Senator Brown, the two two senators there, as well as the two mm-hmm. senators from Pennsylvania and then Rubio and Holly signed on to this, this Railway Safety Act of 2023. <clears throat> Again, obviously not addressing any of this. So they say the bill creates new safety requirements and procedures for all trains carrying hazardous materials, including, you know, trains that are not subject to the current regulations. Uh, For example, they need to uh, notify uh, or the rail carriers have to provide advance notice and information to each state emergency response commission. I mean, how is that different from current law? Well, we see these things are already on the books. We already have a Department of Transportation that has a railroad, federal railroad administration that is responsible for maintaining the tracks. They're just not doing it. 
we already have um, DOT requirements for markings, labelings, and communication. When the cars are being transported, they, they are supposed to communicate to the towns, the uh, fire departments, and the local hazmat response teams what chemicals they're bringing through and, you know, how many pounds of gases or tons or whatever it is. They, what they did, though, is they have put some loopholes in place uh, through the railroad lobbyists, of course, to allow them to get away with um, if there's so many cars per, you know, we've got five cars, 10 cars that are carrying this really explosive, you know, dangerous chemical, but that's only maybe a tenth of the percentage of the total train cars. Well, then we don't have to report it. And these trains are so large, and that's part of the problem. They're too large. They're too long. They're carrying too much. And so even though they had 45 cars carrying very hazardous, dangerous, incompatible combustible materials, there is a loophole that the lobbyists were able to get through, but they didn't have to report it. So this did correct that, but it does not address the main issue yes. here of the, the response, the lack of response and proper uh, communication of fraudulent testing by the EPA. That's like, the like it has picture. a bunch of money in there to basically, yeah, you know, help uh, training for uh, how to deal with a situation like this. And it, and then it also increases the hazmat registration fees paid by the class one railroad. So then they'll use that funding mm-hmm. for training. But it's like what you're tra- right. what you're giving over is that what they're doing is violating the ABCs of this. So it's like you yeah. you dump more money into these same agencies. Is that really the issue? Right, and and that's the problem because the the uh, train companies and the unions behind this these are incredibly powerful people. I mean, really, really powerful people that go way back to the founding of this country. And they've got some of the most power in this nation. So they basically are getting away with whatever they want to get away with. I mean, this, these things have already been on the books. But why do you think when the engineers were alerted twice by two different sensors, the wheels are on fire? We need to stop and slow down. They were told not to slow those trains down. They were told not to stop. So then you have a derailment situation. Well, why do you think that is? because they've got to keep these trains moving. And I, we were standing there in Courtney Miller, the plaintiff of this uh, lawsuit in her backyard, every 10 minutes, a very long train full of cargo is going by. So that's one of the theories is that why they did this burn to get those, the trains moving again. I don't know. Right. This so, is the problem that they're not addressing this. I mean, and, and, it, right. and it speaks to the broader problem <clears throat> that more big government is, we have the biggest right. government you can imagine. We have all these alphabet agencies, and this was the Super Bowl of environment. And somehow, right. you know, it's it's weird. Like, they, they want to require in this bill two-person crews. Well, incidentally, this one had three people in it, you know? Yeah, there's almost always at least two people. It's just like requiring the DOT to, you know, <laughs> maintain the tracks. Well, they're already supposed to be maintaining the tracks. This bill doesn't really do anything to address any of the real issues. And that's my concern because... Okay, now we feel better, but it's like I told you before. I feel like this is just slapping lipstick on a pig. Really? We're not now now what's going to force the EPA to do right by the citizens of this country when we have a government that is taking better care of citizens around the world and ignoring and intentionally causing great harm to our citizens? Why would you put a bill like this through that doesn't even address any of that? 
Something doesn't it's smell crazy. right here. And I think the right. rock goes back even deeper than what we're seeing. And I'm, I'm almost sensing a COVID situation all over again where, wait a minute, this wasn't just yes. like gross negligence. There's something, because again, yes. gross negligence, okay, you know, it was those first 10 days until Tucker really blew it off, blew the roof off with this story. Okay, now there's focus mm-hmm. on it. But then here we are even yes. three weeks after that. And there's mm-hmm. no focus on the 800-pound gorilla in the room. Get them the heck out. And that exactly. makes me really think that there's there's something worse going on. And we'll watch this. But where could people go? Um, I know you, um, we've had Brian Fest on, but 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 you and Kristen are supplying expert testimony and expert uh, uh, briefings for the depositions for We the Patriots USA. Yeah. How could people help out with the lawsuit to get exposure yeah. on this issue? Well, thank you. I appreciate that. We are doing our best to get the information out that the government won't get out. And that's exactly what we're calling this is COVID 2.0. There is way more going on here behind the scenes. And uh, we know that as experts in these fields. So uh, if you can support this lawsuit, it is not about money. It's not about making money. This lawsuit is about forcing the EPA to do their jobs and to uh, compensate people accordingly for their um, health issues, their loss of property values, to rehome them and all of that. So it's wethepatriotsusa.org. You can also find uh, the information on their Rumble channel, We the Patriots USA. And you can follow Kristen and I, um, who are trying to provide information through our new Substack. It was just created. So um, even later today, I'll be uploading more information. That's at Truth Exposed on Substack. And then our Twitter, we have a joint Twitter account. It's just at Kristen and Tammy, all spelled out. Kristen and Tammy, two for the price of one. Yep. Well, it's unbelievable. <laughs> Here we are, diametrically opposed situations. One, they yeah. ramped up the fear. One, they don't want any fear, but both landing in the same agenda. See no evil, hear no evil. Safe and effective air and water, safe and effective vaccines. What is the agenda? We will keep an eye on it. Tammy, thanks so much. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. I look forward to keeping you updated. Take care. Folks, this ain't good. You know, there's already more news coming out about rescue workers or or the cleanup workers getting sick. And that's already, um, you know, with a lot of the 9-11 ones, it took took a long time for that to happen. So, again, if you're seeing this much potency off the bat, this this is something to really watch. Um, And and not just for the residents of East Palestine, but, oh, my gosh, and what that – what that means our government did, but then again, you kind of know that from COVID, this is COVID 2.0. Unfortunately, I will be out tomorrow, but you could always follow me for updates at RM Conservative. My columns, I'll have a couple more columns coming out at either conservativereview.com or The Blaze. We'll focus more on the news with some of our state legislative teams. You know, we're, we're fighting the central bank provision banning um, cryptocurrency from the definition of money. It's really taken off. Everyone's been alerted. You guys are doing great. Our teams are making a difference. You could sign up at conaction.network. We also have an interesting uh, grassroots operation going on now to buy a book of Rise of the Fourth Reich and send it to Mar-a-Lago. Send it to Trump. Uh, several dozen people have done that. And maybe we'll do that for March 16th, which should be Nuremberg Day. Nuremberg Day, that was a day to flatten the curve, flatten our liberty, our life. And it's happening again in multiple ways of sabotage that that really makes you wonder, folks, that was just the beginning, the great reset in many respects. And just back to the beginning of the show, someone who was not just wrong, but a part of the leadership of ushering in that Fourth Reich Great Reset for that 
is that guy really going to be our justice, our retribution, our drainage of the swamp? I don't think so. I just don't think so. It's got to be we the people. It's got to be all of us, local level, state level, taking back our area one at a time, speaking the truth, disseminating this show in the book to as many people as you can. Wake people up. Otherwise, it will get worse. Okay, till Wednesday, we'll be back. God bless y'all, and thank you for listening.